Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Phillies Today podcast. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson, coming to you following another Phillies off day. Had a number of these Monday Phillies off days recently, uh, coming off another Phillies off day, coming off a series in which the Phillies won one of three from the Boston Red Sox, snapping uh, their six-game losing streak uh, to begin the month of May and wrap around to the end of April. Uh, it was a bad week for the Phillies last week. It was a really, really bad week. The worst of the team came out. They got killed in L.A., and they lost on a walk-off grand slam, and then they came home to play the Red Sox, and everything was going poorly there. And finally, finally, they salvaged one singular game against the Red Sox. Uh, and, of course, they don't have a chance to go back out and play the next day because there's an off day. Weird scheduling here also, uh, having three off days in, like, an eight-day period. I always never a huge fan of these two-game series that are submerged in off days, but that's what's happening here. The Phillies are playing uh, a two-game series against the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, an off day uh, on Monday, an off day on Thursday. More interleague play for those not a fan of the new schedule here in 2023. You are getting plenty of that. Uh, but the Phillies are 16-19 and 19 on the season. We've reached the 21.5% mark uh, just about. Uh, so if we're doing it in horse racing terms, we're, we're getting to the first turn. We're, we're in the first turn of the season. We're approaching uh, the quarter mark. And it's officially, in my opinion, okay to start judging this team. Like I think they say you're not supposed to look at the standings until Memorial Day. It feels like we're deep enough into the season where we can 35 games is enough to be like, okay, this team looks good or this looks bad, or you can start to be disappointed or worry if this is going to affect the entire season. I think it's absolutely fair to do so. And so 35 games into the year, I mean, the Phillies haven't looked great at all, right? Like they like looked pretty good for this second to last week in April, uh, but then you followed up with a road trip. And again, they won two out of three in Houston and no look, looked really good in that series. And, you know, they, they, it looked like things were going to take a positive turn. And then they lose the final game of that series. They get killed in L.A. They get beat up by the Red Sox. And it's like, next thing you know, they lose six in a row. Uh, and that just shows kind of what the regular season, baseball season, can do. I mean, it's really easy, in my opinion, to pick out. And it's okay if you were like this. But people who were not in tune of this season, day tuned into the regular season day in and day out uh, for the last 10, 11 years since the last time the Phillies made the playoffs, prior to 2022, or even in 2022, not dialed into the season day in and day out. Like, welcome to the regular season. This is what baseball is. And I'm not saying the Phillies uh, should be 16 and 19. I mean, we all know last year uh, they were, what, seven, eight games below 500 when Joe Girardi got fired, and that was in June. Uh, so it's not to say you can't turn it around, but the Phillies historically do not uh, always make it easy on themselves uh, to make up ground later in the season. And 
if we're going to hit the quarter mark of the year and the Phillies, who are the defending NL champs, are still below 500, then I think that is a legitimate reason uh, for concern. So uh, my first kind of takeaway, and as we do the quarter, almost quarter poll assessment here, is that this is regular season baseball, and like, welcome to it. Welcome to the grind of the season. Welcome to this is how it works, is that the Phillies are going to look bad uh, at certain points during the season. It happens to be at the very front end of this season, uh, and hopefully they can turn it around. Now, there have been some overreactions to a few other things as well that I'll get into. You know, Kyle Schwarber uh, hitting leadoff. Hasn't hit that many games leadoff uh, in this season, but I thought the reaction to him batting leadoff, I don't want him lead off, hitting leadoff, to be clear. I think that's why you go get Trey Turner. I think Bryson Stott makes more sense as a leadoff guy. But ultimately, at the end of the day, like I think Trey Turner was brought here and should be your everyday leadoff hitter once he you know, gets his act together, so to speak. Um, but when I look across this team and I look why, like the, the big reason I, the big thing I want to search for, why are the Phillies in the position they're in? Why are the Phillies been struggling so much? What, like what, if I had to assess blame, if I had to rank the top reasons of blame, if I had to grade uh, the different, the three phases, uh, I'm sounding like a football guy now, the three phases of the team, the starting pitching, the relief pitching, on the offense, and of course there's defense and base running and things of that nature, but the three main sectors of the team, like how they've been doing uh, each respectively, I, I don't even know where to start of like who's been doing. I would tell you that I, that I believe the hitting is doing the best um, because the pitching has certainly let this team down, and it's not anything unique or new. Um, but when you really break it down, I'll start with the starting pitching. I gave grades to each of the starting pitchers. Uh, so far here in, in 2023. And I don't think any of them, with the exception of maybe Matt Strom, maybe Matt Strom, who officially, if you missed it, getting moved back to the bullpen, Ranger Suarez expected uh, to join the rotation and make his start this Saturday, I believe it is, in Colorado. Uh, so Matt Strom, who uh, had been one of the Philly starters uh, up to this point of the season, will head back to the bullpen. And I know he had been out pitching Bailey Falter, but Matt Strom, if you kept him in the rotation, probably a guy that gets overexposed, a guy who's going to by far pitch the most innings he ever has uh, in his Phillies career, if you were to make it to that point, and probably is like a weapon you'd like to bring out, a weapon that Rob Thompson would love to bring out of the bullpen, and likely best suited for that. So I'm not going to kill them for not keeping him in the rotation over Bailey Falter, and we'll get to Bailey Falter's grade in a minute. But if I were to give Strom a grade uh, for what he's done so far this season, probably a B. I mean, a pretty solid B. has the best ERA of any starter on the team. The only thing dumb that he did was the other night against the Red Sox. He got into a standoff with a player on the injured list and got himself thrown out of the game in a game that they maybe could have used him out of the bullpen. Uh, But for the most part, he's done everything the Phillies have asked him to do on the field. He has gone out there. Uh, he's gone through the lineup twice. He's made it so you can turn it over to the bullpen in a competitive game. He's not a guy who was going to go out there and give you six, seven innings. It's not what they were looking for. But for what he was being asked to do in a five-inning type of role, a two times through the order type of role, a five-starter type of role, uh, I'll give my hat off to Matt Strom. I give him a B. Now let's get into the heavy hitters. Um, Aaron Nola, who was the opening day starter for this team, uh, he gets a C minus. I mean, so far this season, he—I don't think I'm breaking this as news to anyone—but he has not 
been where he's needed to be. He's had some really good starts, as I mentioned. He's had the longest Philly start of anyone on, on this team so f- like at all this season, so far this season, uh, going eight innings, one run uh, in Houston. But he's pitched to a 464 ERA so far this year. Uh, seven games, 42 and a two-thirds innings pitch. There have been a number of games there where his stuff just didn't look as good as it needed to. Last week against the Dodgers, he allows uh, four runs and on six and a third, and that's the most recent start we have from him. Uh, the consistency continues to be an issue with him. You, you, one day you get uh, you know, games where he allows four or five runs. The next day he does look like an ace. And I understand both he and Zach Wheeler, who I'll get to in a minute here, uh, pitched their you know their hearts out last year and pitched the most amount of innings either one of them has ever gotten to in their careers. Uh, but the fact that Aaron Nola uh, is sitting here at, with a 464 ERA, seven starts in the season, uh, he gets a C minus from me. Uh, that this guy's supposed to be at least an ace or a one B or in the ace conversation, whatever ex- expectations you have for him. A guy who's finished among the league leaders in Cy Young voting. Uh, so Aaron Nola, he gets a C minus. Zach Wheeler, uh, I gave him a C, and the only reason I, I give him a C because I'm, I'm somewhat being generous. He's got a 4.26 ERA uh, so far this season. He did not look good against the Red Sox. Didn't look great, I'll say, against the Red Sox the other day. Five and a third, uh, four runs. He's had a few other starts this season that haven't been great. Uh, C, C closer to a C minus though. I guess I'll give him and Nola both C minuses. I should say because. Wheeler is a guy who I had even higher expectations for uh, than Nola being the ace of this team. And his stuff just and his velocity just has not been there in the year 2023. And I, I think that's probably my leading concern uh, with the Phillies so far this season is that, tangibly speaking, it's not as if sometimes in baseball and especially in the regular season you say, all right, well, the ball's just not bouncing their way or, you know, bad stroke of luck or a bad you know, managerial spot or this guy wasn't available, whatever the case might be, uh, things will turn around, level will reach its median point and, you know, level out, and the Phillies or whatever baseball team will get back to uh, whatever point they deserve to be at. When you see Nola and Wheeler struggling to reach their typical velocity, struggling to reach their typical velocity late in games, looking fatigued, not having the same zip uh, on their stuff, that's a cause for concern, and and you ask yourself, when will that switch turn on, if ever? And you assume with how good these guys are that it will turn on at some point a little bit more consistently, uh, in particular in Nola's case. But if those guys can't turn it on, I mean, the Phillies have absolutely no shot to go back to the World Series, maybe even make the playoffs this year. Um, it's going to be struggling. It's going to be a struggle to keep for the Phillies to keep their head above water. Uh, if those guys are not going. So they both get C-minuses. Bailey Falter gets a D-minus. I mean, he's just been pretty atrocious uh, so far this season. 575 ERA, again, in his seven starts. Uh, Really the only start... He he had a start in Chicago against the White Sox. He went seven innings, uh, allowed three runs. There was a start against the Mariners, six innings, three runs, which from Bailey Falter is what you want. Uh, But this guy way too consistently... Um, it pitches you right out of games way too quickly, um, and his ERA, again, reflects that. The last couple of starts, four and a third, uh, allows four runs on eight hits against the Astros, and then most recently against the Red Sox, three and two-thirds, uh, allows five runs. So I guess you could argue that I'm maybe being a little hard on him uh, based upon the expectations coming into the season, but a 5.75 ERA is a 5.75 ERA. 
uh, quite hard for the Phillies to win, at least at this point uh, when he's starting pitching. And the last starter, of course, is Taiwan Walker, who they signed to a four-year, $72 million contract uh, this past offseason. And to say I'm concerned about him, you know, massively is definitely an understatement. You sign him to be an innings eater, you actually have to eat some innings. Um, this guy has a 5.97 ERA, pushing six uh, in against the Dodgers. Couldn't even get out of the fourth, allowed eight runs. Uh, looked pretty solid over the weekend against the Red Sox, six innings uh, one run. I shouldn't say, you know, very solid. He, he lowered his ERA uh, almost by a full run. Uh, but before that, four runs, four innings pitched, five earned runs uh, against the Mariners. Uh, he has just looked really, really shaky at times. Doesn't give you a ton of length. Uh, doesn't eat a ton of innings, as I mentioned. And again, this guy's supposed to be in the Phillies uh, for three years beyond 2020, I mean, through 2026. Um, and this, he's never really strung together a great season. He was an all-star. He had a good first half. He had a, another good second half uh, li- a little bit later in his career. But in terms of stringing a full season together, Taiwan Walker, not the guy I'm betting on. And I guess the most disturbing part of this entire starting rotation is like, where else is, there's no other real options to turn to. Like this is, this is the rotation. So uh, as far as what this team looks like right now, from a starting pitching standpoint, uh, overall, I, I gave Taiwan Walker a, a big fat D minus as well because um, he's just really been, if not an F, because he has just really uh, been struggling to, you know, cut it uh, even at the end of the rotation. And uh, so far, this starting pitching as a whole, uh, I'll average that out to a D. So you're getting D level starting pitching. That's the biggest concern I have with the Phillies right now. Then you go to the bullpen, and it's like, besides Jose Alvarado, if someone na- not named Jose Alvarado, who do you trust in a tight game? The the other day, Rob Thompson goes to Craig Kimbrell uh, out of the bullpen, and the game blows up on him out in L.A. Gregory Soto's got a high ERA. Sir Anthony Dominguez has a high ERA. And we're, again, we're getting to the point of the season where you know your ERA and the sample size that you have as, as a reliever uh, is beginning to mean something. Jose Alvarado has been great. This is not about him. Uh, but overall, like this is the bottom five bullpen ERA uh, in all of Major League Baseball. And some of it is that they're taxed, and some of that is a byproduct of the starters not going deep into these games. Uh, but I would say Craig Kimbrell has been disappointing. I would say uh, Gregory Soto, he is a 4-7 uh, ERA on the season. Now, some of that is pretty slanted uh, because his ERA really skyrocketed after one just horrendous outing against the Dodgers, and he had two scoreless innings uh, against the Red Sox. But how how much do you want to overwork a guy like that? Um, Soto, so I'll, for, I'll say Soto for the most part has been pretty good. Kimbrell has been, I would say, a disaster uh, as of late. His last two outings against the Dodgers were both bad, and uh, he's even gotten himself into trouble in outings in which he has not allowed any runs, and now his ERA is north of eight. Um, and and the thing is, his WHIP, as I mentioned, yeah, one seventy five uh, for Kimbrel, uh, Soto, a little bit more trustworthy. Dominguez five fourteen ERA, one point five seven WHIP, which sometimes for relievers can be a little bit more indicative because uh, you know one bad outing can really throw off your ERA so much. But the WHIP really will tell you. Uh, just how many base runners you're in general allowing and you're coming into games in tight situations. Uh, some of these guys are high wire acts. Um, but so I ask you, what, the question is like, who are you comfortable going to 
uh, out of this bullpen right now. And again, unless it's Jose Alvarado, uh, it really varies by night. Andrew Vasquez's numbers look good. He's usually used uh, as the mop-up guy uh, and an assortment of others as well. But uh, as of right now, out of this bullpen, you have the Connor Brogdons, Luis, Luis, Ort- Luis, Luis Ortiz, uh, Jeff Hoffman made his Phillies debut uh, the other day against the Red Sox, and uh, he walked two batters, also struck out two batters, uh, and had a scoreless inning. Uh, but for the most part, this bullpen, Andrew Bellotti as well, uh, with a 623 ERA and a whip pushing two, um, th- this bullpen, all in all, again, bottom five bullpen ERA in, in all of Major League Baseball, that's not one pitcher or one one particular game throwing that off. That's in general. They're among the league leaders in innings, uh, but they're also not getting it done when they need to. So the poor starting pitching having a bit of a carryover effect, but the relief pitching, uh, while there have been stretches of the season where they're carrying over, uh, has not been getting the job done either among the worst in baseball. It's been like that for a while. So overall, I would give the relief pitching uh, a D so far in this season, and that is something that absolutely needs to turn around. Hopefully starters can go later in the games, but the relief pitching definitely uh, needs to pick up the slack if your name is not Jose Alvarado. Uh, And then finally, we get to the offensive side of the plate here. Uh, Philly's got Bryce Harper back. He's been good since returning. Uh, He had a disaster of a first night back, but since then is hit. He got his first home run out of the way uh, at Citizens Bank Park. That was a cool moment. Uh, Cool for him to be just back in front of the CBP crowd against uh, the Red Sox, where there were sellouts all weekend. So that was a really, really cool moment uh, to see Bryce back in that element and for him to hit a home run in front of the home crowd. Did it on national TV. We know Bryce Harper is a showman. Um, but when it comes to this team hitting overall, you look down the numbers of like the batting averages, the on-base percentages, the slugging percentages, whatever number it is that you subscribe to. And, and there's a lot of good numbers on here. And when you look at you know, the team's on base percentage above, you know, slightly above average in Major League Baseball, fourth in batting average uh, in Major League Baseball, hitting 266 as a team, uh, 16th in home runs, again, right around league average, seventh in slugging percentage. The offensive numbers should be more indicative of a more positive offensive output, output uh, consistently. But when it comes to actually putting runs on the board, they're 18th. Uh, you know, you're pushing almost the bottom third of the league. They're definitely below average. It's still frustrating because they get these hits and they don't always connect them together. They leave a lot of runners on base, uh, not a lot of timely hitting necessarily, or sometimes just giving away at bats in big spots and getting bailing other teams out of jams. Uh, so it's fr- it's almost more frustrating than if the team wasn't hitting at all and everyone was just in a slump. I guess we'd be sitting here questioning, or I would be sitting here questioning. Does this team have the capability to hit the way uh, they did the way they did the last season and hit the way that they need to for when it comes to getting back to the postseason? Uh, but in terms of it, like just the reason why they're not winning these games so far, I can't give the hitting more than like a C plus because when it comes to them actually putting runs across the board and it's like they put themselves in the opportunity, but then they hit themselves right out of those opportunities, and it's kind of been one of the biggest stories of the season thus far. Uh, so I give the hitting a C plus. Uh, a lot again, again, you look at individual guys' numbers, Castellanos really having a bounce back year. Bryce Harper looking good in the early going. Trey Turner needs to get it going for sure. Um, but if you continue to look uh, up and down the batting order, that's certainly Brandon Marsh having an unbelievable season. I know I was forgetting one guy there. There's a lot of guys having good seasons, 
Uh, but when it comes to actually pushing runs across the board, they're 18th. When you hear it, put it that way, again, runs scored ultimately the only thing that matters. Uh, if they're closer to the bottom third of the league than the top third of the league, uh, when it comes to scoring and their bullpen ERA is bottom five and none of the starters are giving you the length or uh, their top-notch stuff, uh, in particular your two aces, well, that's a recipe to be 16 and 19. And frankly, when I even say all that out loud, uh, it almost sounds like a miracle that this team was above 500 uh, just about a week ago and that this team is only three games below 500, that one good week and they could turn it back around and have a winning record. So, uh, you know, the old saying is that your record is what you are, what your record says you are, uh, I should say. I think that's exactly where the Phillies are. I think, you know, welcome to Phillies regular season baseball. Season is a marathon, not a sprint. The Phillies have not been anything special as of late. They had a stretch there where they seem to be getting some people uh, bought back in. They're still getting crowds at, down at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, but I, I wonder when the honeymoon phase uh, with this Phillies team from last year, and in particular the honeymoon phase with Rob Thompson, kind of wears off. Because whatever spark he had a season ago, whatever magic he was able to work, he's still managing games the same way. Uh, but this is the first time that he's managing a team from the get-go here and. That spark he had when he took over for the team last year and they just started winning and winning and they won all throughout the summer and they got themselves in the playoffs and, you know, the story, you know, won the pennant. That spark does not seem to be here uh, thus far through the first 35 games of the season. So when does the honeymoon phase end with the fans? When does attendance start to uh, dip back down if this team continues to struggle or play below 500 baseball? Uh, And when does the honeymoon phase with Rob Thompson end? Uh, Both, I'm not suggesting that, anyone's going to be calling for his head, but uh, when does he hit a crossroads within the season and actually you know, earn that contract extension he got last year? It's not the honeymoon season for him anymore. Um, let's, you know, hopefully uh, he can still work some of that topper magic, if you will. Uh, on the other side, going to be a quick segment, quick, going to quickly preview, uh, again, this two-game series against the Blue Jays. Phillies will go to Toronto later in the season, hosting Toronto for two games at Citizens Bank Park. We'll get you ready for that series. On the other side, you're listening to Phillies Today. Uh, I am your host, Dan Wilson. We'll be right back. Really quick, previewing this Phillies and Blue Jays series tonight, it will be Aaron Nola going up against Alec Manoa. I mentioned Nola and his 464 ERA uh, on the season, a 113 whip, though. So, you know, that says that he's not allowing a ton of base runners, even though he is uh, has allowed a number of runs here this season. The guy on the other side, Alec Manoa, a 4.71 ERA, but a 1.65 whip. This guy allows a lot of base runners. Phillies need to get traffic on the bases early and often and actually hit those guys in uh, if they expect to win the night. And again, I will be with you again tomorrow, but just a quick look ahead uh, to Wednesday's day game. Zach Wheeler going up against Kevin Gosman. Wheeler and his 4.26 ERA. Gosman uh, and his 3.86 ERA. Um, so, you know, a pair of the ace of the Philly staff, certainly, and uh, you know, getting the Blue Jays best on the other side. So uh, that should be a good game uh, on Wednesday. Philly sending their two best to the hill uh, in this game, uh, in this series, I should say, against the Toronto Blue Jays. They, of course, will go to the Blue Jays uh, a little bit later on in the season. Uh, but this is just setting up another off day on Thursday before they head back west to play the Rockies and Giants. That'll do it for today's episode of the Phillies Today podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Dan underscore Wilson four. Again, this has been the Phillies Today podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wilson. Thanks so much for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 